Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to HGO, the show where we talk about everything that's hot in the world of gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Ethan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host with the co-most, it's Hunter. Hey, Hunter, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just swell. Poured myself a nice drink and here to talk about the one good thing that happened this year as far as, you know, at least video games were cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then we're also joined by Robert Coast. It's the wee woman himself. It's Kyle. Hey, Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man. I uh, got cracked my can open. Here we go. Ready for another hour of joy. I've got my urine. It's all good. We're we're ready to rock and roll, guys. Is urine a swear word? We'll find oh, out. Yeah. We'll find out with YouTube's recommended. If you didn't know this, is HGO where every week we come together to talk about Give Twitch some time. I'm sure they'll ban it. It's scientific. Yeah, I'm a biologist, uh, YouTube. Leave me alone. Uh, but this is HGO where we come together to talk about everything that's hot in the world of games. Uh, if you uh, didn't know, you can find us on podcast services everywhere. Google Play, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. Go over there and find us. Just search the gigas on those platforms. Amazon we're probably Music. there. Amazon Music. Yes, we're also there as well. Uh, I'm going to move my uh, camera just a tiny bit. There we go. Now I'm more in frame. I'll do. Uh, we also have a video version. That's why I'm mentioning cameras on bit.ly slash the gigas, <laughs> uh, where you can catch us look at each other very weirdly as we say things on our podcast. Instead of, uh, yeah, exactly. Instead of uh, just listening to our annoying voices, you can also look at our annoying faces. So head to bit.ly slash the gigas. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it. <laughs> Not a train wreck already. Not a train wreck already. Uh, housekeeping. Um, hope you've had a great Christmas. We're pre-recording this. So... Uh, we're probably going to be out of action for a couple of weeks. So um, if we're not responding to comments as quickly, you know why we're not really around. Uh, but we have done an extra episode for just for you. So that because uh, that there's always that gap between Christmas and New Year where everyone's like, it's still technically holidays, but no one gives a shit. So you've got like those three or four days where you've got nothing to do. Hey, we're here for you for an hour of that. Um, so yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um it's been a heck of a year, so we thought we'd wrap it up with our favorite games, Game of the Year, 2020 Awards, whatever you want to call it, the Hot Gamer Awards, whatever you want to call it. Here we are. <laughs> the Hot Gamer Awards. I think Hot Gamer Awards was something we thought yeah, of. Yeah, the Hot Gamer Awards or the Hot Game Awards. Yeah, fuck you, Jeff. We're just sticking a H in front. There we go. Um, <laughs> the Hot Game Awards 2020. Yeah, the HGAs is The what HGAs, we that's it. Okay. I was checking the idea notebook. Awesome. So, yeah, welcome to the HGAs, uh, where we're going to be telling... Talk, about uh our favorite games that we've played this year and probably have a favorite um we're all hot gamers we all have an award to give so one per that's the way it's going to work i haven't said this we've done a pre-record with kane already and he had one game in particular he wants to talk about so it works for him so it, it works perfectly everyone has we're going to list our games that we've played this year favorite games that we've played this year and then have our favorite game which we'll each have an award associated with which is what we'll do sound cool cool um and then we'll cool. also probably at some point we have to discuss best arts game 2020 because that was a running gag that i feel like needs to be resolved uh, so we'll have that fight somewhere as well um but with that out of the way um we're doing something a bit interesting me and hunter have played a load of games this year so we're narrowed down our list um to only be games this year kyle doesn't usually doesn't play as many regular games so we've allowed kyle to include games that he's played for the first time this year just so he has more than two games to Woo! talk about yeah so yeah, congrats, Kyle. Um, yeah, I played a lot of games that came out this year. You did. You, you it's did. just a lot of them weren't it very good. Like you liked so, all of them. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Kyle's going to have to... Look, if there was more to do in Ghost of Tsushima, maybe I would have cared about it. Oh, don't worry. No Hot Gamer Awards going to Ghost of Tsushima. People's Game of the Year. <laughs> yeah, no HGA is going to Ghost of Tsushima, I don't think. Um, 
but yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. You've got us three, and then we'll also have some people popping in in pre-records as well later on in the show, um, based on who I can get my hands on before we record this, which is probably <laughs> going to be just Kane and Jack. Um, Jack was supposed to be here, but who knows where he is. Um, so we're just going on without him, and we'll add him in later. Who knows? I'm going to start with you, Hunter. You're gonna. You're first up on the HGAs, dude. What's one of your favorite uh, games? What's one of your nominees, technically? Your favorite games of this year? All right. So I guess for the nominees, we're going to start. We're going to start where it all began yeah. with Doom Eternal. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, at least where it all began for me. I think you technically took the first turn talking about Animal Crossing, but. Uh-huh. Jokes wow, very selfish. Doom Eternal is <laughs> actually Hunter picked. Hunter yeah, Hunter picked. Yeah. I was like, which one goes first? And he was like, You can talk first. So it was his choice. Um, yeah, very selfless but, hunter. Yeah, very selfless hunter. <laughs> very work. cool. Yeah. I've just realized, yeah, go on. <laughs> anyway, Doom Eternal, Doom Eternal. I'm gonna turn the record. Doom Eternal, fast action packed, more of what you would expect after Doom twenty sixteen, except it's improved or it's reworked the mechanics in a way to where my tree wasn't it's more of a thinking man's game mm-hmm. now you gotta like think about what you need or how you need to kill the enemy because you've got your health your armor and your ammo chances are you're always going to need at least two of those things and depending on how you kill the enemies is what the enemy will drop glory kills gives you health chainsaw kills yields ammo and setting them on fire gives you armor it's a nice little circle of mechanics that constantly has you on your toes Mm -hmm. and still contributes to the fast action that i loved about the 2016 iteration so much there's no mamby pamby hiding behind a corner (laughs) waiting for the enemies to stop (laughs) respawning Mm -hmm. yeah because i i think we mentioned this in the the first episode is i own the original doom i'm not gonna do show and tell because i feel like if we start doing show and tell today that'll just be like the end of it where the whole thing becomes a video podcast again i'm doing this for you audio listeners um but i own you're welcome please leave a five-star rating uh, <laughs> that's our new year's resolution we're gonna start being nicer to you guys yeah um but only if you subscribe to the youtube channel <laughs> please subscribe we are so close to seven we are really close if you could get us to that uh before new year that'd be really great we'd really appreciate it i think it. we're like three away at this point yeah so if we haven't already if we have thank you if we haven't please uh hit that subscribe button yeah. we really appreciate it you don't know what the future looks but like. But no, I um I have Doom. Doom's on my list of games that just keeps going and going. I've realized that this I have such a backlog of games I want to replay and play now that I'm just like kind of like shuddering at the fact. My January is gonna be terrible. I've just bought Persona 3, by the way. FES on PS3. Nice. So I have that. Yo, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I have Perso- I have Persona 3, I have Xenoblade 2, I have uh Breath of the Wild again, because I want to replay that before the sequel that I think's next year. Um, I also have three houses that I do want to play again at some point, and then I have I what I realized was I own Ratchet and Clank Nexus, and I haven't played it, and that's technically the game before the new Ratchet and Clank, so I need to play that as well. My backlog's filled, and Doom's on there as well. God, but what like Doom Eternal to me is an interesting game because people loved it, but yeah. some people prefer. I've heard well, actually, most people it seems now preferred the original over Eternal. Um, is the consensus that I've been hearing is a lot of people really like the original more so what is it would you say what why do you like doom eternal is the guess the reason um uh i guess i could see a certain perspective where the first with 2016's game 
that was kind of like an in and out, you're done in like a weekend, at, well, maybe an afternoon if you dedicate the whole afternoon to it. To a maternal is a little longer, so you mm-hmm. know, it's not quite as in and out. It gets, but I th- I think it's still suitable as a sequel. It starts off okay, so I think this might be a turnoff for some people. Is it starts off like the beginning of Doom Eternal is almost as hard as the end of Doom twenty sixteen. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it just kind of like throws you back into the thick of things real quick and i think by the time you get to the end because the difficulty doesn't just start off that way and flatline it still gradually slopes upwards it might just be a little too much for people towards the end okay i feel it i feel it um so uh i don't know do you have any questions to ask kyle i i need i need Um... some assistance here because how much of a of a jumping in point do you think Doom Eternal would be for new players? Great question. Uh, or is it not? <laughs> well, yeah. uh, you could start there feasibly. Like I said, it starts off as hard as the other one ended, essentially. So maybe start with 2016. If you like, if okay. crazy, if you're not used to the crazy, always moving around kind of shooter, then you might want to dip your toes in with the previous game first. But you know, if you're feeling wacky and wild, just go for it. <laughs> nice. And we, what we should have done, Hunter, was for ours. We should have gone. And if you want to hear more, go to HGO episode whatever, and we talk about it more. Because we can probably do that oh, now. Yeah. Where but this one's easy. If you want to hear more, go to HGO episode one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but no, because that's the fun thing is now that we've been doing this for like nearly over nine months at this point, um, we can now say, "Hey, go back to the episode because we've got first impressions." So if you want to hear more on it, there you go. <laughs> but now, Doom Eternal is definitely on my list of eventually. I will get to it one day, yeah. one day <laughs> in the future, maybe. It'll be one of those. It'll be one of those things where it's like. I have like when I whenever Todd Howard forces me to buy an Xbox, so he's a coward. Um, and I've got Game Pass and Doom Eternal's on now. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, he's a coward. Dude. He's hiding. He's hiding behind the Series X. I know it. I know you're. I know where you are, Todd. I know where you are. Release Elder Scrolls Six, you fucking coward. Right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I don't think he could if he wanted. It's been a decade, Todd. Let it out. Um, <laughs> uh, Dude, he's too busy trying to figure out how to put Skyrim on your Roomba. Yeah, well, he's, you've got to get it on there, dude. You've got to get it on there. Okay, I guess I'll go with mine then. I'll go with one of mine, which is ironically also from HGO episode one. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons is still on my list. Um, of favorite games of this year. Because I, I played it for the first three months, then I dropped off, and then I played it throughout the entirety of November. And then again, I've kind of dropped off again, but I've been playing it like every couple of days like two days a week or something like that but it's the only it's one of them it's the only main game really that nintendo themselves released this year i don't count paper mario because paper mario is made by its own team and i don't count the xenoblade port or 3d all-stars because they're ports they're in the fucking thing good job remembering that came out this year thank you i tried video game journalist over here i remember everything (laughs) never forgot that that game came out um but no animal crossing New Horizons to me is really good. Um, it's Animal Crossing. I don't know what really to say. That's the thing with Animal Crossing New Horizons is I think everyone was expecting it to be different, 
because they were like, oh, there's crafting and you're on a deserted island, but it very quickly just becomes Animal Crossing again. And if you're into Animal Crossing, like I was into, I was really into New Leaf. Um, it's great. I loved it. I've put over 80 hours into Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is plenty to put into a fucking video game when you think about it. Um, That's a lot. And I mean, we've had this conversation before, Kyle, I feel about Animal Crossing, where you've put a, you put a lot of time into Animal Crossing, even if you only play it for a month. You'll end up putting like 50 hours yeah. into it, 80 hours into it, and then you drop off. And with any other game, you'd see that as, I've got my money's worth out of that game. I've played it for 50 odd hours. That's plenty of time to put into a video game. But for Animal Crossing, it feels weird because it feels like you should have been playing it your entire fucking year. And you feel like you failed yourself. Yeah. It's a waste of money because you haven't, yet you've already put your time in. And that's how I feel with Animal Crossing is. Mm. I remember when I went back to it in the past couple of weeks, I was like, I forgot how good this game is because I had just just put it into my back of my mind of, oh, it must have been that great because I didn't carry on playing it. And it was just, no, I just got fatigued. It's still a great game. And I really, I'm really happy yeah. that it did as well as it did because I feel like Animal Crossing has always been a franchise. For Nintendo, Animal Crossing has been one of those franchises they haven't fucked up. So it's nice for it to get some success. And I really like it. Mm. The updates they've been doing are pretty great. Um, they just keep adding and adding to that game and they are carrying on with it. Um, and it's the one Nintendo game of the year that I can wholeheartedly recommend if you are into the, if you like the look of Animal Crossing, I'm like, yeah, go for it. Definitely. I fucking loved it. It was pretty great. I talked about it more in episode one, so go back to that. But I love Animal Crossing, but Animal Crossing is Animal Crossing. If you're expecting anything resolutionary from Animal Crossing, then don't. Is it game of the year? No, it's Animal Crossing. It is for some. <laughs> it is for some. Is it? It's one of those. It's one of those with Fall Guys. I feel and Among Us, where it's like it very much captured the zeitgeist of the entirety of social media for a long period of time when it came out. So in that way, is it game of the year in terms of notoriety and popularity? I'd probably say it is because Animal Crossing reached so many people. It's either that or Among Us, but both of them were fucking huge. So it's hard to compare. I feel like Animal Crossing. Well, I guess time will tell with Among Us, but Animal Crossing felt more sustained, like. It felt like every couple of weeks for like months on end, I was hearing about some new celebrity being like, oh, oh look at me. I've got Animal Crossing now. I, I honestly think Animal Crossing was, <laughs> I honestly think that Animal Crossing was from like when it came out in March, like all the way to like June, July, people were still like really fucking talking about it. And then it was when Fall Guys and Among Us came around when people started the Zeitgeist guys kind off. of muted but it's still there and that's what i'm kind yeah, of surprised like is yeah is the thing it's not like any other nintendo game where it's big for the first month or so and then it just takes a massive shit and dies like mario maker 2 um where that game did just drop off a cliff it genuinely <laughs> dropped off a cliff no yeah. one plays it more people watch it on youtube than they play it um where animal crossing stars consistent people playing it there's so many people that are still playing animal crossing and more to come. 20 odd million units sold. It's fucking. Mm-hmm. It's been huge for Nintendo and it's really well deserved. I loved it. It's great. And you should definitely check it out if yeah. you haven't. Um, but hey, if you look at Animal Crossing, you're like, there's got to be something more to this. There isn't. So go in with better expectations. Don't expect to be. If you're not the kind of person that just likes booting, having a game where you boot it up for five to 10 minutes a day, talk to everyone, collect your stuff, do whatever you want, and then bounce, then it's not for you. But there you go. I mm-hmm. I loved Animal Crossing. Um, and I can't wait to see what Nintendo does this year because I really hope there's more than one game coming out. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Kyle, let's go for you. What's your first? 
Um, well, I suppose I'll start with a game that came out in 2020. Ooh, go on, man. Start things off right. Go on, man. From Tease my, us. My big old list. This is just a white screen. Look at this list. For, Come on, phone. You can do it. For audio. God, you can do it. I believe in no. you. For, it's not for, a screen, yeah, yeah. For, for audio listeners, yeah. For, list, yeah. Trust for, me. For, 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 for audio <laughs> listeners, Kyle <laughs> tried to stick his phone on the, uh, into the webcam for it to focus, knowing full well that it wouldn't. Uh, hey. And wasted, don't give me too much credit. And wasted everyone's time. And now I've wasted even more of your time by explaining it to audio listeners. You're welcome. Kyle, what is it? <laughs> um, uh, we're going to talk about Trials of Mana. I knew this was going to be. The PS4, I knew this was going to be. Switch, and Steam. Cool. Take the stage. So, Take the stage, bud. All yours. So I talked about this game about back in June when we did our game of the year so far. I don't remember what episode. I'll go that find was, it for you. I'll but... go find it for you guys, but you carry on talking. <laughs> You're a peach. Anyways. Um <laughs> Trials of Mana, I it was a bizarre game that I ended up enjoying a lot more than I thought I was going to. It's a very simplistic JRPG. It has live action combat akin to a simpler less a watered down version of how Final Fantasy VII Remake plays. HGO seventeen, by and... the way, for those that actually want to go and listen. <laughs> It's right at the start of the video. You don't have to go far to find my impressions on it. I, I have timestamped nearly every episode of this podcast, so don't you worry. Go to the timestamps. They'll be there for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the game, it's very simple. You start off, you pick three of the six characters, and then you go through the story of the first character you pick. That is your basically your main character, and the other two are just kind of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um. The game itself, when I played it, it wasn't too hard, but a recent free update has come out to add in a very hard mode. I haven't gotten a chance to try that out yet, but I am interested in going back to it. Um, it's definitely a very easy pick-up-and-play game. If you just need a short JRPG to to play, mm-hmm. if you don't want to sit down for like 60 hours with one game. How dare like you? Trials of Mana, it's like, it's like a quick 20-hour journey. Like, I think I got it done nice. in a weekend, near enough a weekend, but the game's a lot of fun, and it's also super replayable, just with how many different team comps you can make, and then that's not even factoring in the class system, which basically each time you get to a certain level, you can choose to branch off to one of your next next classes, mm-hmm. so there's like a light and a dark route on each character. <clears throat> And then that branches off, those branch off, and then those branch off even further. So there's a lot of depth to what you can do. It's a pyramid scheme. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) There's a lot of depth to what you can do with your party. And honestly, the game's super replayable. The characters are really enjoyable, even though the dialogue and delivery is kind of hit or miss at times. Because it's a square game. Your webcam has frozen, by the way, Kyle. I'm just going to let you know. Hell yeah! You're doing like a great. You're doing doing like a great pog face, dude. You're doing like a great. You look like you're fucking (laughs) loving it. You're like this. You're like. Clip that after the thumbnail. (laughs) I lost my train of thought. Um, Voice actors. Voice actors are kind of hit or miss. You'll either just find the characters either really good or super super cringy like they're just reading the script Mm -hmm. not really trying to act with their voice 
I do want to give a quick shout out to Reese's voice actor, Brittany Cox. She was the vo- also did the voice for Ingrid <coughs> in Fire Emblem Three Houses. God, which one's Ingrid so, again? Oh, it's, oh, I like Ingrid. I'm, I like that one. Blonde Spear user. Yeah, I like that one. And funnily enough, in Trials of Mana, she voices a blonde spear user. Uh, so Typecast. Nice. You love to see it. But yeah. And game's super fun. It goes on sale like every week because Square has given up on this game. Nah, and I want to take it to heart. Square does that with everybody. If they released it before, like two weeks before Final Fantasy VII, yeah. I feel like their expectations... It had to have at least met their expectations. They can't have had too high of hopes for it. Yeah. I mean, you also got to remember... I Final feel like Fantasy it hit the audience out. it tried to hit. Yeah, Final Fantasy had that I feel weird like it hit the audience it tried to hit. Sorry, Kyle. I keep cutting you off. Go for it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> it definitely hit the audience it tried to hit, and then didn't really expand outside of that. But honestly, give the game a shot. It's super accessible on, like, three different consoles. Goes on sale just about every other week. So... I honestly can't recommend the game enough. Cool. Cool. Thank you, Kyle. Um problem. That'll be that'll be interesting. Anything for you, boss. Yeah. <laughs> All I was thinking during that was just you 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 lagging. I'm just thinking of future me having to deal with that. I'm already seeing myself banging my head. I'll be like, that'll be fun. That'll be a fun <laughs> challenge to edit. I can't wait for that one. Um Hunter, I guess you're up again. Uh, what's Alrighty. next for you? Next for me would be Eichenfell. I don't remember the number, episode number for the game, or when I talked about this the first time. I'm on it. Talk about it on the podcast. Go for it. You keep going, <laughs> I'll keep looking. Um... Anyway, Eichenfell is this cool little indie RPG about this girl going to hunt down her sister at witch school. Complications get in the way. The gameplay is real cool because it's like this grid-based thing. Mm-hmm. So... You know, there's not like any MP points or anything, so it's all about like how you position stuff and the kind of damage you'd be doing to that specific enemy. Mm-hmm. And you know, each character has their own kind of drawbacks and stuff. I it's one of those RPGs where I actually thought about buffs and debuffs more than I typically do. Like that's always an afterthought for me with stuff like Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. but yeah. not with this game because it was real helpful. Or a hindrance, depending on what end of the uh, stick I was on. But, yeah, so the gameplay is real cool, and the story is rather heartfelt. It has a whole bunch of people from different, like, walks of life overcoming their struggles in a manner that I found pleasing. The music's great, sets the tone for everything. Battles, areas, characters. It's impeccable. And... Yeah, I couldn't recommend it's a it's also relatively short, so if you're looking for something like I had I think I clocked in like eleven or twelve hours and at least an hour and a half of that was because it doesn't like the clock doesn't stop when you push the PlayStation button. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Uh but I will get I got I have the HGO number. It is HGO episode thirty two Crown Tundra episode um for those. Uh, um who didn't know so there you go my episode yeah uh you can go back to that but no it looks interesting um my problem with indie games is i always find it hard to slot them in that's my main problem is i'm really bad at playing indie games and it's one of those things where it's like i played celeste like 
a year, two years after it came out. I know I was because I just like I'm like oh that looks really cool, but also I thought it was yeah it was Celeste only came out in 2018. Yeah, I played it like mid 2019, like 2019, I think. Uh, yeah, I played Celeste this year. Did you? Nice. Well, I did. Yeah. It's a good game. It's a good game, but no, it was enjoyable. I have not gone back to it since beating Same. it. Same, but it was enjoyable. I played it in one sitting and then didn't touch it again, which is kind of bad. I went but... back to it like a year after I beat it. I was like, God, I love this game. It's so good. But no, um, no, I'm just not a big platformer guy. But I got the game super cheap, so yeah. But no, I can Val looks interesting. I definitely do want to check it out. Um. Along, it's not along the same lines, but uh, this is the best of a segue you're going to get. So along the same lines, uh, I'm going to, my pick uh, for a smaller game that I really liked, and I say smaller, I just mean smaller scale rather than uh, smaller expenses, is uh, it's a game both me and Hunter played, which is Tell Me Why. Um, HGO 24, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you want to go and hear our first impressions on that. And we also have a spoiler cast, which is like episode 26 or something. Um, I'll double check that. 26, nailed it. Um, so we've got you covered on all yeah, bases. Right? <laughs> um, he never misses. I never miss, dude. But no, tell me why. Uh, it was a massive surprise to me because um, Life is Strange 2, I had a really mixed reaction to Life is Strange 2. I liked a lot of it. I also disliked a lot of it as well. It was a very mixed bag for me, um, especially after I really liked Life is Strange 1 and Before the Storm. Uh, Life is Strange 2 just didn't kind of hit me in the same way that I thought it would. Um, so to come back to Don't Nod, uh, to play Tell Me Why, which was released over three weeks, three episodes, three weeks, uh, it's fucking fantastic. It's the best Don't Nod game that they've ever done. I absolutely adored it. Can't confirm. Um, just from everything, the uh, the performances in that game are exceptional. Uh, Erica Limbeck, as always, is uh, amazing as she usually is um i can't remember the name of uh, the guy that plays august aiden black august aiden black also a really fucking good job and all the a majority of the cast for that game was exceptional and the story was really well done um there were plot twists that weren't fucking gimmicky there was a real story to be yes. told um and it all kind of felt heartfelt and actually felt quite personal so good job don't nod i liked it quite a yeah. bit it's also a really good reason to get Game Pass. Because um, both me and Hunter both played it on Game Pass. So um, yep, it was a really good thing. So hey, if you haven't got Game Pass, you can get it on Game Pass PC and on Game Pass Xbox. So if you're sitting there with your shiny new Xbox fridge and you've got nothing to play on it yet because <laughs> Phil forgot to bring out the Halo, um, <clears throat> play Tell Me Why because it's really good. Um, I, it's also paced better than don't nods other games it's shorter but it's better it's more well-rounded as a story uh it doesn't really waste your time as much as especially life is strange 2 very much feels like it's wasting your time at some points whereas uh this one very much feels like a refined experience um and yeah really well done uh won an award at the game awards and i was very happy that it did win that category because i was like it deserves that win so well done. I don't really have much to add to it. We talked. We have whole episodes on that game. I feel like we've spoken about <laughs> it to death. So again, we are just going to refer you to HGO numbers. So for that one, 24 and 26, if you want everything to do with Tell Me Why. Uh, myself and Hunter enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, Kyle, I guess you're up again, my friend. 
Dude, it's amazing what happens when you have a catalog of things you can just refer people to and be like, here's what I thought about it in the moment when I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great because <laughs> whenever you forget, what was my, like, I always have that where I'm like, what did I originally think of this game when I first played it? You know, it's like, I kind of forget how I kind of yeah. felt. And the fact that there's a, now a backlog where I'm like, oh yeah, I can very clearly oh, yeah, see yeah, this it. is how I felt. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty useful. Not gonna lie. It's like, it's like Hunter, when you were writing your script for your games that came out this year you're like how well, what did i think about doom eternal when it first came out i'm like well there's a <laughs> yeah i know talking about it yeah i think this is what you yeah, thought about it funny <laughs> I'll just, let me just go and chop up that to make it sound or <laughs> fit in a five minute section segment i deserve a i deserve a writing credit if you've done that i deserve a writing credit you deserve a writing <laughs> credit for me talking yeah i asked you the questions <laughs> i asked the questions i deserve a writing credit uh. I well, I didn't really do that. I still wrote the entry and voiced the. How dare you? Uh, yeah. How dare you? How dare me? How dare you? Um, <laughs> anyway, Kyle, moving on. What's your pick? <laughs> Anyways, um, this is a game that technically came out this year. Okay. It's called Devil May Cry Three Special Edition <laughs> on the on the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. I can't believe I have to write Devil May Cry Three again. God. <laughs> Damn it. Right. Anything to make Someday your life harder. The other ones and you can switch the number. I have five coming. Don't worry. Get it. Get, I'll get to it eventually. Get it over with then. Go on. Get the spiel out that you and on to have every three weeks. Let's get it over. <laughs> well, I sit here dead. Let's see yeah. Here. Persona 5. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> I have no recollection of what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, Ethan's right. I've talked about this game so much. You can click any episode. I've talked about it probably there. Like, I don't have anything more to add. The game came out on Switch super cheap. It's Devil May Cry 3. Like, if you don't know about it, go go freaking buy it right now. PS On PS4, Switch, Steam, Pop Prop, maybe Xbox. I don't fucking know. Who owns, who owns that garbage thing? Well, there you go. It's on everything. You have no excuse to not play it. If you play it on the Switch version, you can get the style switching, which lets you do crazy combos and shit and make the game look crazy fun. I'm not good yeah. at that, but man, it it's looks actually, cool to watch other people like, do it. It's actually a thing that I may just buy that version of the game for eventually, because I'm like, oh, yeah. playing with the style switcher in 3 sounds like it would be real fun. Yeah, it's like I did two. Yeah. I did a few playthroughs of it because it's such a replayable game. But I did one playthrough where I didn't use the style switching, and I'm like, this game just feels so empty now. <laughs> like, uh, especially when it comes to it was hard game, to like pull off PS2 technology. Yeah, it works especially well in in DMC three because there are like unique styles that you don't start with, which are kind of gimmicky and situational, but. With the style switching and being able to use those anytime, like it just it can blend itself into the combat so well. Yeah, I would never use Quicksilver or Doppelganger. Yeah. Ever, aside from when I first got it and was like, what's this? And then the <laughs> other like half a dozen times I've played the game for that version, uh, I never did it again. Exactly. Uh, for those of you, uh, yeah, Cal talks about it in any episode. You're welcome. I have just been browsing the entirety of our HGO catalog to find a timestamp <laughs> for a Devil May Cry three. Um, so if you do, um, if you do want to go check something out like that, 
uh, go check out the 16 games that exceeded our expectations episode, uh, episode 30 of HGO. He does have a segment where he talks about Death May Cry 3 there. Um, that isn't the only one. So uh, go and have fun browsing the catalog. Find all the Easter eggs. But um... <laughs> there's, there's also the Halloween episode where I just talked about Virgil. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. I enjoyed doing that. Virgil's great. So yeah, that's... Uh, God, he's uh, so cool. Episode 30 is a great one if you want to know about Devil May Cry 3 more, but... Genuinely, the Halloween episode's just so fun. Go watch that one. Yeah, it is. A... I enjoyed recording it. I, I, I had I, so much fun. I, yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, we, we need to... Eventually, I think we, uh, around March time, we need to do, like, uh, going back over the Yeah, that'll be the one year. Yeah, but gosh, that was so... I had nothing. I've never been less prepared for an HGO <laughs> episode in my life. And that it shows, it shows it so hard in that episode. <laughs> man. It shows so hard. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Hunter, back to 2020 real quick. Fucking time jump back to the... Uh, <laughs> oh, the game came out this year. Kiss my ass. Uh, <laughs> he came out for Switch this year. He's got a point. Time, jump, time <laughs> jumping back. Yeah. Right, hang on. Time jumping back to relevant video games. What, um, what? I will send us back so far in time. What's on your list, Hunter? What's next? It's funny you mentioned time jumping because my next <laughs> one is Age of Calamity Hyrule Warriors. Ooh, nice. A game that I still have not played yet. And again, I really thought you were going to say Crash 4, and I don't know why. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) The game that I have talked about on some podcasts, and I have a review. Check that out more because those are the most focused thoughts there. Yeah, you should go um, (laughs) check out his review. It's really well done. So check that out, or go to HGO episode 36 for first impressions. There you go. Wow, we're on it. (laughs) Wow. But anyway, Hunter, go into it a little bit more. Alright, so Age of Calamity uh, set, well, being set up as like a prequel to Breath of the Wild automatically has my interest because more of the world of Breath of the Wild makes me happy and the way that they just, the cool character moments were great, it made me chuckle every time. They managed to nail the fighting styles for all of the characters like even Zelda who you know, Sakurai and smash in one of the smash bros things i remember <laughs> or one of the disembodied narrators i don't remember if it was sakurai specifically it was e3 but it was like, e3 when they yeah. showed it off yeah they besmirched breath of the wild <laughs> zelda saying that she's not a fighter and that's why they used like the link to the past or link between worlds design whichever one that is and, same difference you know, yeah i still like that zelda design by the way it's just it's uh, a good, it's a good it's design a good i'm not upset it would have been cool if, like, she got a Breath of the Wild skin, but it's yeah. not a big deal. Oh, well. Anyway. Oh, well, we'll just cry. They, <laughs> they She'll used... be the next DLC character. Yeah. Oh, man. Take my money. Turns she's a fighter, guys. <laughs> Look at all this. Look at all this stuff she did in Age of Calamity, which <laughs> they managed to incorporate that well, because as a character, she isn't a fighter, and they animate it to where it looks like she doesn't really know what she's doing. <laughs> but, you know... It's still a cohesive fighting style when you actually use the thing. It's great. And you know, other characters like uh, Urbosa is probably my favorite. She's just real fast and ferocious. Her lightning mechanic is amazing. Like, you know, it enhances her strong attacks. And, like, there's a bit of a rhythm type of thing to it where if you hit the button at the end of a combo, it'll just get a section of the meter back. And that's, like, my favorite thing because... You could just be lame and stop for a second to refill it, or you could be cool and just keep your combo up. 
which is how I like to play. (laughs) But yeah, it's not a hard game by any stretch of the imagination. Any combo will basically kill just a fistful of enemies all the time. So really, you're just learning the combos for visual variety, not like any (laughs) necessary uh, elements of survival, but it's still like a lot of fun. And it manages to add on like enough extra content to where I felt like I was getting my money's worth. Excuse me, with all the side missions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which I guess, I guess it's up to whoever is playing it on what how much that actually adds. Because I could see how it could feel like padding. I guess just because I was into the world, I was into you know, oh, help the people of Hyrule do this, but. It wasn't, like, substantial by any stretch of the imagination, but I still liked doing it, so, you know. Nice. Very cool. I can't wait to play it. It is genuinely... I'll be playing... Probably, as of this video going up, I'll be playing it, but um, I I don't have it yet, so I'm looking forward to it, because it's the one game that I feel like I've missed, Um, so I need to. I need to catch up on it. Uh, now watch as Ethan really quickly tries to figure out what he's going to say his next game is because I lied. I'm also unprepared for this episode as well, everyone. It's great. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw it to Kane to buy you some time. No. <laughs> <laughs> imagine. Imagine if I did and then we just cut out totally 20 minutes of me. No. He, he can have his talk at the end. Have a word from our sponsors. No, he, he can't. He can come in at the end and think about what he did. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know what i wasn't gonna mention it because i thought it's a bit of a meme but fuck it i am actually the, the more that i uh, the more that i the longer it's been since i played it the more i actually um want to talk about it in fact i'm gonna give it two i'm gonna do two because they're both really small games so um they're both the, they're both ps5 things uh i'm just gonna i'll, I'll work that out um, first one's Astro's Playroom. I was really surprised with how good that was. Um, it's a really good like um, demo that comes with the PS5, which is about two hours, three hours long, and it's really well made. Uh, we, that was also episode thirty-six. If you guys want to hear more impressions on that, but man, like if you get a PS, whenever you end up getting a PS5, go and play Astro's Playroom. Don't go, oh, it's just a packing game. Delete. Let me go play my Call of Duty or whatever real quick. It's uh, let me go play my Madden. Right, let's get that real. Gamer. <laughs> um, no, actually play it because it's really well done and it's a really short but sweet platformer that's really well done and is a lot better than most of the platformers that come out nowadays. So uh, definitely go and check it out. And then the other one that I want to mention is Bug Snacks. Um, yeah, cool. it's really fucking good. It's a really good indie <laughs> game that has a stellar cast of characters um, and has a stellar fucking gameplay loop, which is really fun. It's a bit buggy, uh, by the inherent by the name. Uh, it's a bit snacky too. It's a bit snacky. It's a bit snacky yeah, as well. Let's yeah. all make the joke. Dude. Let's all make the joke. Um, <laughs> but no, it is. It's 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 a bit buggy. It's a bit finicky here and there. But um, it's a really interesting game that I still think about. I didn't think after I finished Bug Snacks, I'd be still thinking about Bug Snacks. But. Um, Hey, the song says that you'd be thinking about Bug Snacks, and it's right because it's a really interesting. I like the notion of Ethan just late at night looking out his window and thinking about <laughs> how that game ended just months from now. It is one of those things where I'll be lying in bed and I'll be like, 
oh, they give the thing, like, there's a thing, like, one of the lines in the song that you don't really, you just think, oh, it's just a line in the song that Cara Carabinito made. Oh, it's just a random line. And you're like, no, they inherently put that there, and it's for a much sinister way than you thought it was. And I'm like, that's kind of cool how they just, they, like, hide stuff like that even in the fucking happy song. It's like, oh, the creepy stuff's still in there, and you can kind of feel it if you actually play the game. You know, you're like, oh, that line means something completely different now that I played the game. So it's kind of cool like that. Um, but no, Book Snacks was just really fun. Again, it was free with plus. It still is free with plus, even when you're watching this in the future. Wow. So if you haven't already, go claim <laughs> it. Because even if you don't have a PS5 now, you can claim it if you're a plus member and play it when you get your PS5. Um, it's really well done. It's really fun. Again, short and sweet. But uh, it was a really interesting experience. Uh, and if you have been asking for Pokemon Snap, because God knows Pokemon Snap, whatever this new one's called, is I think it's just called New Pokemon Snap or something fucking tragic like that. Um, it's going to be garbage because it's going to, of course, it's going to be. So <laughs> play Bugs. Basically, Ape Escape meets. Um, it's basically Ape Escape meets uh, Pokemon Snap, and it's really good. So yeah, play it. Pretty <clears throat> damn good. Right, Kyle, back into the fucking time machine we go. What are you posing as a 2020 release this time? I was actually going to talk about a game that came out oh, in 2020 this time. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, I'm out the time machine. <laughs> oh, man, I got permission. Yeah, I'm out. Wow. wow. Let me get out the time machine. Oh, shit. Don't need it. Wow. wow. Don't need it. Go on, then. All right. Um, so let's talk about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. I talked about this in the same episode. I talked about Trials of Mana. Game the the year so far. I episode sixteen is yeah. that it? Yeah. Maybe. You keep you cool. talk, Wait, you talk and then I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. You keep it. All right. So Rescue Team DX is a remake seventeen. You were wrong. Pokemon. Carry on. God damn it! <laughs> <It's a> re- <laughs> anyway, carry on. There's no one upstairs, so I can be really loud. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh um, anyways, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon is a remake of the original Mystery Dungeon Red and Blue Rescue Team that came out on the Game Boy and the DS. Yeah. Um, they got a huge visual update. It looks more like a storybook style of game now, and I really I really love the visual direction oh, they went with it. It does look really nice. Um, yeah. The games... So, it is just the original the original red and blue rescue team with a new coat of paint. But in, in addition to that, they've also included stuff that's been released in the newer games. So you have your fairy types, your mega evolutions, your gen six Pokemon, I think is what it goes up to. Yeah. So, cause Sylveon is in the game and that's the only gen six Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So all the older Pokemon have their new evolutions that they got in gen four. So like Roserade, exists frostlass mamoswine pokemon like that um it's still the same great dungeon crawler roguelike game that you played that you maybe didn't maybe played back in the, back in the old days i played it i loved it as a kid <laughs> game is still super challenging too so yeah there's definitely a lot to enjoy um veterans what can come into the game kind of be familiar and still learn how the new mechanics work and any newcomers like the game's super super helpful into easing you in it i definitely i don't know if it's just because i've gotten better as a game player now than i was as a kid but i thought that the game was a little easier than i remember it being as a kid on the original 
but mm-hmm. again, that could just be me be, be me being better. I probably and me actually caring about team comp. Yeah, probably, and not just taking the Pokemon I want. Nah, take the Pokemon you want, dude. Take the Pokemon you want. I, I mean, I still kind of did that. Game also has a really good cast of characters, and they give a lot of a lot of how the Pokemon are portrayed in Mystery Dungeon translate to how much I like them as actual Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like, in the main series. Absol, especially, I need to give a huge shout-out to. It's such... it's oh, The way Absol is used in this game cool. is so well done. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to turn this into a spoiler cast, so... Yeah. For a game that came out one, like back in 2006. Yeah, true. Originally. Hey, they said it... We're, like, half in the time machine right now. They, say you, they said it couldn't be done. Let's just stop doing spoiler casts for really old games. Wow, guys, can you believe that ending to Metal Gear Solid? Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, I know, right? <laughs> I don't. <Nope. laughs> Maybe. Well, I do. What? I own the original Metal Gear on PS1. I should play it at some point. Yeah, maybe you should. Maybe it's you can put it in your 2021 game of the year. That's part of the January backlog. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hunt, right, Hunter. What's on your list next? Oh, it is mine. <clears throat> okay. Yes, it's your turn. <laughs> yes, it is your turn. Speaking of games that came out a while ago that we have spoiler casts for, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ah, yes. Now that is next up, <laughs> because it was really good. Honestly, I'll... A lot of the second half of this year was a surprise to me because, like, going into when we did the game of the year so far thing, I thought my top five was like locked. I thought Final Fantasy VII Remake was going to be the game of the year, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I was proven wrong. Pleasantly surprised, in fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, vitally, I think the best thing it did was again capture the spirit of the Final Fantasy series that I haven't felt since the ps2 games mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Our mmos notwithstanding i haven't really played like 11 or 14 enough but it feels like they have the same kind of vibe that i would enjoy i just don't have the energy for mmos oh money the mainline games have uh you know taken a bit of a dip over the years in my opinion and remake has yeah. brought it back for me Mm-hmm. And I quite enjoy it. They managed to up. They managed to you know update the combat to be this real cool like it leans heavier into an action RPG kind of thing, but it vitally still maintained like the ATB meter, which was a really good touch because it gives it an identity over other boring action <clears> RPGs. <throat> now you've got this cool mm-hmm. thing where you slow down time and just choose a move to wreck your opposition with, and it's real satisfying when that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They managed to, you know, finally, mercifully do that stupid stagger meter correctly. It only took <laughs> like five tries, but they finally done it. Five tries, ten years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but they did it. Shoutouts to Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Shoutouts to every game where they don't even more tell you that they in the past ten years. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But. So yeah, they managed to, you know, update the gameplay. The characters all are just delightful. 
mm-hmm. you know cloud again feels like cloud jerk who's good at what he does not i'm gonna ride around on my motorcycle and sigh a lot not yeah not edgy <laughs> yeah, not, not edgelord just kind of introverted kind of yeah tifa's great barrett's yeah. amazing his speeches are a wonder to behold they kept the cheesiness of barrett but it still works which is what i absolutely adore is he is still this big f- fucking mr t stereotype of just um he's he's crunch bandicoot dude he is crunch bandicoot that's what he is he's great you love to see it um it's amazing but it still works so well and the voice actor actually got him it feels like all that's the thing mm-hmm. is all these voice actors for a remake felt like they got who their characters were and what they had to do. It wasn't none of no one was miscast, um, which is very rare for a Square Enix game for, very for rare. nobody <laughs> to be miscast. Usually it's everyone's miscast, but now it's fucking nobody, and it's so good. Um, and it is. It's one of my favorites. Uh, that have came come out this year. I love remake to pieces. I want to go back and play it at some point. I'm still holding out Dude. that they they're going to do a next gen version, but I'm so tempted. It's one of those games where I think about it, I'm like, man, I could play it again if I really wanted to. But then I think about other games, and I'm like, ah, I guess I'll play you instead. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so good where it is, yeah. man. And it's it's one of those it's a it's a fight it's a combat system that's not complicated. It doesn't, but it's not trying to be complicated either um it's very simple to learn and it's simple to master which is something especially in the hack and slash genre especially in an action rpg genre is kind of refreshing for it to be like oh everyone can kind of get behind this combat system Mm -hmm. instead of it being anything else that square enix does where as much as people (laughs) like kingdom hearts combat it very much is only for the fucking hardcore of hardcore fans where most people are just mashing X and going, this is a bit fucking boring, isn't it? Whereas it's like, oh no, if you put the time into it, but it's so complicated that everyone's like, I don't want to fucking spend the time on it. Whereas FF7 is very much, you have trial and error. You have your standard moveset. You have your ATB go wild. Literally you get like, there's so many ways to handle a situation. There's not just a, oh, there's one. Oh, sorry. You fucking didn't hit the fucking dodge button in the two frame window so you're dead there's none of that shit it's kind of it very much and all the characters play differently enough to feel like refreshing none of them feel gimmicky you... as well which yeah. is a surprise because yeah. yeah, it's real cool the whole i that's one thing that i forgot until you mentioned it was the whole game is built around having three party members at all times it isn't you necess- there are a couple of sections where you can actually i think there's like one or two sections where you can pick who your three characters are and i think spoiler alert i think it's just final boss um (laughs) but every other chapter is built around those three fucking characters and it's brilliant how they did that and i hope in part two when they add more characters to this got this cast which is going to happen i hope they still stick to that I really hope they still stick to mm-hmm. here's the chapter, these are the characters that you're going to be playing in this chapter because it worked so well. Every chapter was built for those three characters. You're never feeling, oh, Barrett feels useless here because he isn't because the levels are designed for Barrett to be useful and for him to have a place. And that's what I fucking yeah. love about this game is how it took forever to get here, but they really did think through everything and nothing feels yeah. wasted, which is <clears throat> incredible for a Square Enix game. Where you, you, it's super satisfying. Enough feels wasted. I fucking love remake to pieces. Still do. Um, absolutely. The music's great. And the music. I feel like I always forget to mention that when I talk about it on the <laughs> podcast, which you know 
episodes, I believe four and five is where I first talked about those. If we're going to keep this, this bit. <laughs> oh, yes. If we're going to keep talking, it's episodes four. And we have a Episodes cast. four and five for impressions, 11 for spoiler cast. If you want to hear impressions, uh, if you want to hear me and Hunter talk about remake a lot, there you go. Uh, Kyle, have you, you haven't played it yet, have you? Um, do you have it? You have it, don't you? At the, at the time of playing, I haven't. At the time of recording, I haven't played it. But by the time this goes up, I will probably own it. Okay, cool. So, nice. but I may also be playing Devil May Cry Five. One or the other. So, both good games. Yeah. But yeah, we'll save it for January. I love remake. We need to we need to do something that month. I love remake, and I've put this uh, my next game. I've put this game off for a while so that the angry people can fuck off and uh not get to this point <laughs> and if you if you get triggered at a certain video game that came out this year please go to the timestamps below uh where you can skip over it and not abuse us in the comments that'd be great um but i'm gonna have to mention the last of us part two um say what you want about this game some people love it some people hate it um <clears throat> It very you can't the one thing you can say is man did it make a conversation happen about games and stories and games because fucking hell uh yeah. did yeah. people not want to let this one go um to me i have sat on the last of us part two for six months now it's yeah it's been over six months right i've sat on this game thinking about it a lot and i've thought about it a lot and i think Gameplay wise, it's that it's far better than the Last of Us Part One. Gameplay wise, it's a fucking it's night and day the difference. Um, and to me, whether you people really hate this fucking story, but the more that I think about the story, and let me just say, I thought more about Last of Us Part Two story than I ever did about Last of Us One story. Which, oh, to Naughty Dog and Druckmann, that's what they intended to do was make a think piece of hey, think about this. This isn't just going to be a black and white story think about this fucking thing which you know funny enough they wanted you to think they wanted people to get angry and feel stuff about this game i just don't think they wanted the death threats um which valid criticism i love last of us part two and i think in many ways it's better than the first game i think this i honestly think that as a plot a point a to point b story goes actual narrative it's better than the last of us it's a better narrative. I think the character is what you're missing. I think the dynamics between Joel and Ellie are sorely missed. And I feel like that's what everyone misses is that character dynamic. <clears throat> that character, you feel like void, but you're supposed to, spoiler alert, you're supposed to feel that like fucking void. It's supposed to feel like you're uncomfortable and it's not there. That's the attention. But I feel like that's, if people thought that Joel and Ellie's bond, that dynamic was The Last of Us, then yes, I can see why they're upset. But to me, as a narrative plot from point A to point fucking D with that game, with how many twists and turns that fucker takes, um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a better story narratively. I just do. I loved The Last of Us Part 2. I'm not scared of saying, I, li- I loved The Last of Us Part 2. And it's not me being a fucking Naughty Dog fan. I've said it many times before. I think Uncharted is extremely overrated. I think The Last of Us 1's a bit overrated, to be honest. Um... I really loved The Last of Us Part 2, and I even had the game spoiled for me, and I was one of those people that was like, <laughs> man, this game's gonna suck, isn't it? Just hearing those fucking bullet points on paper, just written down. This game's gonna fucking suck. And then what do you know? I actually gave the game a chance and fucking played it, and I ended up really enjoying it, and enjoying my time with it. Is it perfect? Fuck no, is it perfect? 
But oh man, yeah, pacing in that game is, is my awful, biggest. Yeah. It. A part of me feels like Kyle, who you haven't played it. Basically, you play three. It's each character. You play half the game as Ali, I'm half familiar. as Abby. Three days over the course of each two. Yeah, and you play Ali's three days, and then you play Abby's three days. And I feel like they could have worked with the pacing a bit, where you played Ali, Abby, Ali, Abby, and kept switching between them day to day. I feel that would have done the pacing right. wonders, just because it would have given people more of a chance to attach to Abby. Because to me, Abby's a great character. And it fucking annoys the shit out of me when people are always criticizing her just because of what she did in the game. When I'm like, when you actually get a chance to see Laura Bailey's performance and actually have a chance to see where this character goes, it's a really fucking interesting story arc. And I really liked it. Like, we talked, again, we've talked about this to death. I'll get the HGO numbers up right now if you want to go and see us talk about how we feel about this game. It's 14 and 15. Um, yeah. First impressions and then the full spoilers the next week. Yeah, we did it back to back because we just wanted to get it out of the way. Um, yeah. But say what you want about it. It was really definitely a think piece. And I think it is same how same as how Last of Us Part 1 was a movement in story for in storytelling in video games for the last generation coming into this. A lot of games took <clears throat> inspiration from The Last of Us to widely change their narratives and actually go for interesting storytelling in video games i feel like the last of us part two has opened the floodgates to actually fucking trying new things now whether it happens whether it happens i don't think it's gonna happen with ubisoft or any of those triple a developers that are just trying to get get people's money but i think people i don't naughty dog sees this as a success i think sony also sees this as a success i think Especially for especially for Microsoft, like for own studios, self-published games from now on, I I feel like the floodgates are open for more expansive and more interesting storytelling and narratives from from The Last mm-hmm. of Us Part Two. I feel like it took a bullet so that everyone else can fucking run with it. Because the next time people, is the more this happens, the less people are going to get fucking angry, or the less people there are going to be that can have it fucking with a straight face be angry because. There you go. But no, I loved The Last of Us Part 2. It's it's a great game. Is it incredible? No. Um, I don't think the gameplay is stellar. Should it have been Game of the Year? Fuck no, because of all the crunch. Fuck you, Naughty Dog. I shouldn't be crunching like that. Same with CD Projekt Red, except we don't have to have Game of the Year discussions without them. <laughs> no one's going to remember that. Um, but no, it shouldn't have won Best Direction and stuff like that, because... Obviously, Crunch is really bad, and they crunch their fucking asses off. But also, their direction was the same direction that it was yeah. for every other Naughty Dog game. Like Naughty Dog direction. It's camera fit. It's it's camera pans and fucking cuts to black. It's the same as always. But it was really beautiful. It was really beautifully done, and I feel like it's really well done. And whether you like it or not, that's what it was supposed to be. And um, I think that it's going to be a game that people keep talking about as the years go by. It's going to be an interesting... Mm. I, I think that game's going to... People still hate it now. Give it five years, and you can come back and say that I'm wrong in five years' time. I feel more and more people are going to warm <laughs> up to that game as time goes on. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to add on is just as, like, an outside looking in yeah. on, this whole, on the whole... Debacle. Last of Us 2 yeah. discourse that went down. Like, I, I need to praise Naughty Dog for at least doing something different. Mm-hmm. 
Like, they very easily could have just made Last of Us Part 2 another fucking triple-A game with everything you'd expect and just make it as friggin' bare-bones as possible. But they didn't. They decided to go out of their way, take risks, and tell a story that would stick with people, regardless of how you felt about it, whether positive or negative. Yeah. Like They could have just done Joel that, and Ellie have an adventure to, again, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, that to me that is the mark. If a story leaves an impression on you, good or bad, that's the mark of good storytelling. Yeah. Contrast that with another game like Ghost of Tsushima, which, outside of the opening bits, I don't remember a single set piece from that game. It was the most bare-bones, bland game that came out this year, and I am really glad it didn't win Game of the Year, and it still blows my mind why people think it's so good, and why it won Player's Game of the Year, but... Uh, Ghost, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima does get a special now. award from me, um, actually, this year. Um, Ghost of Tsushima gets my best 7 out of 10 game of the year award. Um, acknowledged for the exactly. best um, fine game of the year, where is that? So my best 7 yeah. out of 10 award goes to uh, Ghost of Tsushima for being exactly what it says on the tin and nothing more. Um, a solid, good game. It is a good game, full stop. And nothing unique. Ghost of Tsushima Legends, I haven't played. I've heard interesting things about it. Um because that's more based on the fantasy mythos of uh, Japan and stuff like that, um, with a co-op like kind of fantasy mode, which looks more interesting than mm. what they tried to pull off in the actual game. Um, so I, will... I hope if they make a sequel, they lean into like the fantasy mythos of Japan a little bit more. Yeah, that would be fun. Because every time it seemed like they were going that direction in the actual game, it was like, oh no, it was just someone up to up to hijinks. Yeah, playing some <laughs> trick. So yeah, and I'm just like yeah, every time, you can't have him fight an actual like yokai once. Would it be too much to ask? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. Like the fact that Last of Us Part Two resonated with so many people in so many different ways. It really speaks to what Naughty Dog accomplished with the game. Yeah. Now whether they set out to deliberately do that or not, which like, they did, I that's think, all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I, I can't believe I mentioned yeah. Play Watch Listen a fucking game, but um, Troy Baker who was <laughs> on Play Watch Listen. Hey guys, I'm basically just free advertising for that fucking podcast now. Don't listen to that. Oh, listen to that. Like, like they need the help. Yeah, exactly. They the don't need Troy Baker. But no, apparently, according yeah. according to Troy and others, everyone knew going into review cycle, going into this game's release. They they all knew what they had made, and Laurie Bailey, Laura Bailey knew what she signed up for, and everyone kind of knew going in that this isn't. The, I think Troy's words were, "We knew this wasn't going to get the universal love that the last one did. We knew that we were going to annoy, like we were going to cause a conflict with people, and that was the intention." Um, because I think everyone was surprised when Neil Druckmann's first things that he said about the game was the Last of Us Part One. If the Last of Us Part One was love, the Last of Us Part Two is hate. He said that was the first thing he said about it in 2015. He predicted the fan yeah, reaction. He predicted he predicted the fan reaction for one. <laughs> but if a, if a game is about hate and revenge, and it's it's a it's a conflict and it's caused conflict in fans, then hey, I think it's set out to do the job that it did. Anyway, enough about Last of Us Part mm-hmm. Two. I still think it deserves a lot yeah. of recognition. The crunch was fucking shit, but I feel like the game itself was extremely. I, I really enjoyed 
the notion of Ethan sitting in bed at night thinking about bug snacks and then his mind wandering to The Last of Us 2 next. <laughs> Ironically, the game left an impact, but I didn't think about it as much as I think, thought about bug snacks, you know? That's hilarious. <laughs> you know? I still think about it. Still thinking about bug snacks. Oh, well, moving on. Kyle, what's... Uh, what's Kyle, tell, talk about a game that isn't heaped in controversy. Please. All right, how, real quick, how many more games are we going to talk about? I've got, like, one, maybe. Okay. I can think about, what about you, Hunter? I've got... Because Hunter said remake. Hunter said remake. Obviously, you know what my yeah. final one is, Hunter. Uh, yeah, I can do one or two if you'd like. Really, it doesn't matter. You pick. How many have you yeah. got? I'll have this one, and then... I'll have this one, and then the next okay, one, and then... Cool. cool. Sounds good to me. I think that'll be it. Yeah. So... Because I know Ethan's not going to talk about it. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. How dare you. Was a game that released back in May. But, I fucking know what your last game is. Shut up. I want, Don't I, even pretend. I was, no, the reason that I'm not mentioning it is because I knew it was on your list. It's it's also how, spoiler alert, mm. I haven't mentioned Crash 4 because I know that I'm going to be having to have that fucking conversation with Jack anyway. Spoiler alert, Crash 4 will be late to it, <laughs> but I'm not going to have that conversation because I know that I'm going to have it with someone else, you know what I mean? So there you go. Yeah. Alright, fair anyway, enough. Anyway, carry on, Xenoblade. You get a pass. Thank you. Anyways, um, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Um, remaster? of Remaster Plus? Original Xenoblade? Remaster Plus? It's not just a straight Xenoblade up, Final Mix? It's not just a... It's not just a straight-up port. They changed the player models, and then they added stuff like UI elements and stuff like that. Add an easy mode. So I call it. I, always, I call it a remaster plus. It's the same code. They just changed bits and pieces. So remaster plus is what I'd use. Yeah, I hate. Yeah, these I, I always get to give us future connected. We don't talk about that. <laughs> Raise your hands if you finished it. That's what I thought. Audio listeners, no one raised their hand. Thank you. <laughs> anyway carry on Xenoblade. anyways Xenoblade. um xenoblade chronicles definitive edition it is the same fantastic game that it was 10 years ago when it first released um i absolutely love this game to death it does show its age at times a lot in the combat especially but honestly that didn't phase me nearly as much as it phased ethan because I mean, I've just grown accustomed to it. Like, this is the game. It was boring. That was my problem. Not that it, it was boring. Yeah. There's no meat to the bones. If, like, yeah. you know, someone who usually doesn't like meat on their bones, at least if you're, <laughs> at least, you know what I mean? I just want those bones, baby. I just want those fucking bones. <laughs> but, you know, even in, like, Kingdom Hearts, even when, King, even when I play Kingdom Hearts, I'm just mashing the fucking X button, right? At least I'm fucking mashing the X button so I feel like I'm doing something. Xenoblade is just sitting around checking your fucking watch to see what time it is and the game going ding you can press the win button now and me going cool win button time and then moving on <laughs> like that's my problem with xenoblade is it doesn't feel like you're in like xenoblade 2 is it feels way more interactive like it feels like oh mm -hmm. i've got to i've got to do stuff at the right time stagger correctly so that i can get my inputs right do these set inputs in a set order whereas xenoblade 2 it very much feels like you can just fucking go at or up and at it just go fucking oh look there's a big dino thing let me just go hit it with my fucking sword real quick like oh make sure you hit it from behind <laughs> some extra damage nah no need because i can just sit at the front anyway and kill it anyway because i've got busted moves it doesn't really matter to me 
But anyway, carry on, Kyle. Gameplay is my main problem. With um, game. I love the story. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. If you haven't, if you don't know anything about the game's story, like it's super engaging all the way through. It is a huge romp of a game. Yeah. Like sixty hours, I would say sixty to eighty. Unless you're me and Hunter. <laughs> Yeah, then it's like 40. Yeah, we were 30. We speedrun through that game. Yeah, we were 30. <laughs> we didn't care about side quests, so yeah. that's why. Side quests in a Xenoblade but... game always feel kind of... They're just fetch quests mainly, so I was just like... I delivered a man his biscuits, and yeah. that was the only thing I did. <laughs> I'm so glad that the biscuit quest resonated with you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up is all. <laughs> it was the only thing I did. <laughs> but anyway. There's another quest right at the start of the game where the guy lost the key to his house. We have to find that for uh, him. Yeah, but who's going to remember finding a house key? I found uh, it. There, there's delicious food I involved there. I just, want you, I just want you guys to know, I never mentioned this because I forgot about it, but now that you remind me, Kyle, I found his house key and then didn't give it back. Like oh I, 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 I picked yeah. it up and then yeah, I was man like, has been locked out of yeah. his house for five months. I, I picked it up and I was like, "Save him!" Yeah, I, I, I picked it up and I was like, "That's my house now." I went on my main quest. I was like, "Oh, oh my god, your property is my property." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. it was mine now. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, the game as a whole, it's super, super enjoyable. The cast is all great. I love them all. They're all silly, all great. All? What if you love British people? I can't say it because it's a spoiler, so I can't say it. All but one. I like all but one of the cast. And I can't say that character because it's the only one that's a fucking spoiler, so... uh... (laughs) Get wrecked, nerd. Sorry, but there's one character I don't like in that game. The rest of them are pretty cool. Shock's a bit of a whiny bit as well during the second half, but he gets better. You gotta give him a chance. Meliot deserves better. In that Honestly, game, Meliot deserves everything. Jenna By better, Coleman. we don't mean future connected. Imagine bringing Jenna Coleman back for future connected. Imagine, imagine that waste of time, dude. Imagine bringing a character back for that. <laughs> imagine, but anyway, no. I will give future connected this. They did decide to voice heart to hearts in that in that side thing. Yeah, but how many so... heart to hearts were there? Like two. <laughs> A good amount, actually. actually yeah. I don't even know how long. I don't know why they also looks better in Future Connected, but oh, I love I love Shulk's Future Connected outfit. It's great. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't voice the heart to hearts in the main game, but oh well. Effort. But no, I feel it. I feel it. I now. didn't make the game. Anyways, um, the game itself, it's super fun, super great. Please play it. It's a Wonderful game while you're at it by Xenoblade Chronicles 2. The whole trilogy also. is on uh, Switch now. The whole Xenoblade, is on Xenoblade Switch. 2 and Xenoblade 2 Tournament. There's no other Xenoblade games. Xenoblade 2 is prequel. There's no other Xenoblade games that need to be played. Nope, bought. don't exist. Nope, sir. What the fuck's a Wii U? Never heard of it. The three that matter, anyway. It's almost like it got X'd out of existence. Exactly. Do they just cross it out? <laughs> they just cross it out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I liked Xenoblade quite a bit. I feel my 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 problem with Xenoblade was sim 
it's not similar. I was going to say it's similar to my feelings about P4 because it's not. I think P4 is also an excellent game. My problem with Xenoblade 1 is just I like Xenoblade 2 more. That's my main problem with that game yeah. is I like Xenoblade 2's story more. I like Xenoblade 2's combat more. I just liked it more. Um, which is the strength of the Xenoblade franchise is they have so many fucking good games in, in that franchise. All three of them are really good. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't complain, but I don't know. It was. It came out. I feel like it came out at a bad time. That was my thing with it. Was we were right in the middle of. We had just come off Royal. We just come off remake, and now we were playing that as we waited for like, and then we were playing that with Last of Us as well. It was just like it was kind of just like the wrong time for that game to come out. Um, but I I mean, it was. It kind of fit the right time for like the JRPG onslaught. Yeah. Where it's like you started with Royal, you got a month for that, and then you had FF7 Remake, you had a month for that, and then Xenoblade DE, you had a month for that, and then who fuck knows what else came after that. I mean, to be fair... Did anything happen in July? If you have a job and you finished Royal in a month, that's a fucking achievement, because Jesus. (laughs) I I barely did, and I was doing nothing, so, you know, because I was in lockdown, so, like, yeah. It took me, like, two or three weeks without a job. Yeah, exactly. It's, um... But no, I do like Xenoblade quite a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I find it weird that when we have games that we really like, we tend to talk more of the neg- the nitpicks and the negatives more than the positives. So it kind of sounds like you're negative when I'm like, no, I really like the game. Yeah. It's just when we talk about this kind of stuff, we want to get the nitpicks and all that out of the way because it's clear, but we still like the mm-hmm. game quite... I still like the game quite a bit. Um, like the quality of the game as a whole, it's super, super well done. Oh, yeah. The music's phenomenal. The characters are all really great. The stories definitely keeps you wanting to go from point A to point B. The world, the two worlds you explore are super fucking cool and super pretty. Yeah. Like. Button Mountain can go fuck Mountain. itself, though. Oh, yeah. Button Valley. That was. In Button Valley. Yeah. <laughs> suck it, you know. <laughs> I had way more fun of listening to Ethan play it after I did it. I was. <laughs> I was drinking my way through it. It was that fucking tedious. <laughs> I don't, for those who uh, are not here, usually around here, I don't really drink that much. So the fact that that game resulted in me st- fucking drinking because it was that fucking boring how many buttons I had to press. But, um, I, but yeah, it was, it was, apart from that section, I like the rest of it quite a bit. Uh, and Ricky yeah, is a at least, at least the music in Button Valley is good. Yeah. Yeah. But once you get to that three hour mark, I'm just like, damn, I wish this was over. Like, you get halfway and you're like, I'm done. It's like, no, part two. I'm like, no. Like, no, no, you're just at the chest. Yeah, you're just at the chest. No. Keep climbing, idiot. No. Uh, final thing that I, yeah, final thing, final oh, yeah, thing I, I wanted agree. to say. Yeah, final thing I wanted to just say was uh, Ricky's a Chad, and that's uh, all I have to say. Ricky's a fucking uh, Chad. He canonically fucks. He does. Dude has 12 kids. <laughs> yeah, dude. He is one of two Xeno characters who have canonically fucked. Wow. You love to see it. You love Fun see fact. It. Right, anyway, uh, before we move on to our final picks, um, we've got to give uh, the arbitrary award for best darts in a video game uh, before we go on with our final picks. So our nominations for this year, because the second half of 2020 really lacked in darts play-based video gameplay, um, are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Persona 5 Royal, and 51 Clubhouse Games. Those are our three nominations. Um, 
And how who are we, how are we deciding this, boys? Who's winning? Hunter, you've played all three. I have. What are your thoughts? Because I, I know what my thoughts are. I think that... Probably Persona. Right. Uh... Here are my thoughts, right? It's not Remake, because Remakes was cool, but Remakes was fucking pissed. As soon as you figured it out, it was really easy. Um, 51 Clubhouse Games, I feel like it's pretty good. It feels the most like darts, because you've got your Joy-Con, you got to throw it, right? It feels most like darts. Yeah. However... If it's again, if you lock your Joy-Con in the same place every time, you can get it to the point where I figured it out very quickly that I found a specific part on the board where I can just do that and fucking throw my Joy-Con as hard as I fucking can and get a bullseye every time. Um, whereas, uh, to me, Royal is probably the best one because it's almost like darts is a game that requires technique in order to be able to do the same thing each time yeah it's almost as if it's, it's <laughs> almost as if you could just do the same movement every time and get the same result you know it's, it's crazy um but no i think royal deserves it just because royal made it an integral gameplay mechanic you know you, you had to if you wanted better baton passes so there you go that's my vote kyle What's your vote? You haven't played Royal, so what's your vote? The old Final Fantasy Seven. I also haven't played Seven Remakes, so it goes to Clubhouse Games by default. Right, so I'm Royal, you're Clubhouse Games. Hunter, what's your verdict? Don't pick fucking Remake. You have to pick one or the other. Oh, Please pick Remake. I want to see Remake's out. It's like this is like when so it's like when there's like in Among Us when there's like the suspicion it's is Kyle. Trust like, me, it's Kyle. It's Kyle. I didn't. What would you give it to, Hunter? Royal, probably. Well, there yeah. you go. Congratulations, uh, Atlas. Uh, you've won the best darts in a video game award at the HGAs. Um, look forward to your trophy coming when you give us review copies of the game. There we go. There's a little deal. Persona 5 Strikers yeah. looks pretty shiny. Yeah, we'll do, yeah, yeah, we'll do like Except it. one Strikers, please. Yeah, okay, get us a review copy, Atlas, and we'll send you over a trophy. It'll be one of those generic ones, you know, like a, a basketball trophy or something? <laughs> engraved it'll just say like best <laughs> it'll say best that's just like that tinfoil trophy that the swedish chef had yeah it'll be oh my yeah, god it, it, i just think it'd be funny if we set them like best darts in a video game hga awards and then it was like a fucking golf like trophy or something it wasn't even like <laughs> i just think that'd be fucking funny but anyway there you go you can't say that we didn't prom we didn't keep our promise with the darts award uh so there we go final games uh hunter you're up what's your final game Technically, I guess, your game of the year. I wonder what it is. Oopsie, I've already written down Hades. Ah, uh, yes, and you are correct, because <laughs> I don't think wrong. I actually got the chance to talk about this on the podcast proper, aside from, you know, predicting it for everything it was nominated for. It came <laughs> but I do have a review up, so go look at that. Yes, he does. Because, oh man, Hades is so good. The combat and is amazing. It Sorry, He's I've I've, been spe I've spent like every other time I talk about this game is just babbling and gushing. All right, He's got to think <laughs> combat. He's got to think about it. Damn, the combat that's the you know it. feeds into itself real well with the rest of the world. You know, you got six different weapons. They can be modified right there to do certain things depending on how far along you are. Each of them have their own merits and. You know, I took a shine to some of them early on, like the spears. The spear was cool because you could throw it and call it back, and that does, like, backstab damage on the callback. So that's just super spiffy. 
And then later I like played with the sword that you start with a little bit more. And I'm like, oh man, this actually does work. Cool. Uh, the crux of the gameplay is the boons that you get from the gods of Olympus, which is kind of like how you build out your character. It modifies all your moves, your regular attack, your special attack that's more specific to the uh, weapon you're using. You've got this magic move they call a cast. Depends on what you have, like which boon you have, and then your dash. Those can all be modified. The boons can play nice with each other in a lot of different ways. Athena and Hermes is a great combo because you'll be untouchable. Athena reflects, Hermes makes you go super fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, outside of that, you know, as a roguelike, it plays with the, you know, structure of the game and how they deliver the story to you really well. Because every time you die, you get little, you get more pieces of the world. Like the characters all talk to you and it's not just, oh, oh, shucks, you'll get them next time. They have like their own <laughs> subplots and stuff that play out in front of you and the subplots are some of the best parts of the game. Critically, there's enough stuff there that I, you know, I beat the game in some respects. I saw the credits. I did that part. I did that much at least. And I still keep seeing new stuff when I go back and do a run every now and then. So there's, so it will never get old. Even if you take like a hundred attempts to, you know, beat Hades the first time, even. Mm Mm-hmm. The music is impeccable. Supergiant never fails to deliver on that. Oh, man. Yeah. You good? Like, yeah, I'm good. Wow. It's, it's enough. <laughs> I'm good. That's it. Hunter's Game of the Year. Oh, wait. The uh, oh. art style is great and critically better looking than Ghost of Tsushima. Thank you. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? We promise we're done talking about that game forever. That, that's what you think. <laughs> can't wait to talk it's true i'll never be done beating this dead horse well it's better than the games industry at large always talking about uh cyberpunk hey dude we got yeah hey we'll be talking about that next. that's a different dumpster fire yeah then we just have to see how that plays out that that one's just not leaving until (laughs) the next gen version's out at least so that's just going to be painful but no Hades looks great. Um, it's kind of been the game. It's kind of been the breakout for Supergiant. I feel um, everyone won't stop talking about it in a good Rightfully way. So. In a good way. I feel like this is their breakout <laughs> game in a way. Obviously, people loved all their other games like Transistor and Bastion and all those other ones. But this one seems to be the one where everyone seems to be like, "No, seriously, everyone go fucking play this video game." And for <laughs> the most part, a lot of people have that wouldn't usually play a Supergiant game. So I'm quite happy for them. Um, and hopefully, I've been seeing it get Game of the Year awards on other outlets too. I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And hopefully, uh, my people. Yeah. Hopefully they. Uh, my people. Hopefully they keep going at the way that at the pace they're going and keep making great stuff, which I'm sure they will do. I'm sure they won't uh, burn like a CD project right now. Nah, man. Which, to be fair, as much as we shit on stuff like CD Projekt, you've got to remember you've got to, when we're taking the shit out of them we're taking shit the shit out of the fucking investors and the higher ups that push this game out and not the poor fuckers that are actually working on the game. Yeah, those poor developers worked hard and their work was And I'm sure they care so much about how horrible this makes it look out to be and stuff like that. They're probably pained about all of this that's going on and it's all 100% the greedy Mm -hmm. investors at the top 
and the high like the higher ups that have caused this. So when you're shitting on them, know who you're shit like know who you're fucking chatting shit about. Don't just throw <laughs> it at the devs because I'm sure the devs have spent shit on the right people. Yeah, I'm sure the devs have put their hearts and souls into this game and they just got it p- p- pushed out of the door another six months too early. Um which is yeah. ironic because it's already been pushed back so many times. Um obviously some leadership problems over at CD Project. Um, anyway, I guess I'll move on to mine. Can anyone guess what mine is? If Hunters is Hades, I wonder what mine is. Spoiler alert. I said I wouldn't give a game of the year at the game of the year so far. I'm a fucking liar. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's P5R. It's fucking... It's, of course, I can't believe it's you. fucking P5R. Of course it is. It's my favorite game I of all time. Him. It's my favorite game of all time. I still think about it on a daily basis. <laughs> it's one of the... It's an unhealthy addiction at this point. Um... Remember earlier when you hassled Kyle about uh, picking Devil May Cry 5? Yeah. And <laughs> Even though it came out on the Switch. You've definitely this talked year. about P5 more than I've talked about Devil May Cry on this podcast. Uh, HGO episodes 10 is the spoiler cast. We also have episodes uh, 5. Episodes, and all of them. Now, and then we talked about it in Game of the Year so far as well, which was episode 17, if you remember, Kyle. You got it wrong, not 16, 17. Um, wow. Wow, really? You're bringing up that old yeah, word? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I hate you. Wow. But no. Um, I can't believe this guy. No, to, I, I, I've, I've said, I, I can't say any more about P5 uh, than I've already said. Um, I, I wasn't going to... The, the whole argument that I've had is it's 70 hours of it is the same fucking shit just better in every way because they refine the shit out of the gameplay except for Okuma's fucking boss fight. We'll talk about that one afterwards. <laughs> no award until you apologize for that as well. Review copies and an apology. Thank you. Um, oh my god. <laughs> I feel like the thing that happened right after that was the apology. True, true. It, it really did change that scene. It went from me, but yeah, am, am I supposed to feel sad because I'm not? I'm feeling, I, I'm with it. I'm with the, I'm with the fucking villains at that point. Um, but no, um, even when I look at those 30 hours, the more I think about those 30 hours in isolation, the final, the new stuff, the new content, 30 hours separate, it's the best stuff they've ever done. And Mm -hmm. it blows my mind of how they fucking did it. I don't think I was expecting going into Royal. I was expecting for me to just have, oh, it's going to be a fanboy moment and it's going to be pretty cool. But you know, it's a bit like, um, great example is Marie's stuff in p4 golden where it's like oh that's cool and it's got a cool gimmick to it which isn't cool it fucking sucks and it crashes on the pc version <laughs> so it's not cool that dungeon fucking sucks uh, <laughs> but no you know i it's, i thought it was just gonna be like a gimmick thing where it's like oh here's some side thing that just slots into the middle that's not really that relevant but it kind of is and there you go we just added something in they actually added something that changes my entire opinion on the game and makes the ending way better and just changes everything about it to the point where it's my favorite that 30 hours could have been a hundred more and i don't think i would have complained I'm kind of sad that it wasn't because <laughs> everyone was fucking memeing and shitting at me and like ah p52 is gonna happen and then i'm there's a part of me that sits there going well yeah if they were gonna if they were gonna do the joker violet and crow thing for episode five two, I would have just taken that. You could have given me a fucking eighty-hour game of those three, and I would. Have- <laughs> I found a second thought. Yeah, so that would have been like a great thing. But no, oh, it's it's so good to the point where I, you can say it about Persona Four as well, really. Where it's just like you've got to play Royal. There's no point. They have genuinely made 
the old game in theory in every fucking way yeah. possible. Where I love the original P5. Will I play it again one day? Probably. But they have made that version inferior in every way to the point where my friend who has bought P5, Ed, who you might know from the radio and stuff like that, if you follow me more in depth than on this podcast, he hasn't played P5 yet, but he's owned P5 to the point where I've been like, now nah, fuck that. I'll give you my copy of Royal. Don't bother. Like, I'll lend you my copy. <laughs> There's no point playing base P5 anymore. You Like, honestly, it's my favorite game of all time. It's one of the best JRPGs ever made. But that's just Atlas in general. Atlas does no wrong in terms of this kind of stuff. <laughs> and I'm sure when we sit here at P when we're talking about P6, we'll all be gather here and we'll be like, wow, this makes P5 look like a load of shit, doesn't it? Because that's just what Atlas yeah. does every time. And yeah, you'll always have fans of the old game. Like, I love P4 as well. I'm, I'm sure I love P3 when I eventually get to it. And I'm, there's always a bias with the first one you play. I know that because everyone's like that with Persona. For the, have you seen the community? Yeah. Everyone's like that with everything. Everyone's like that with everything. But man... I fucking adore Royal. It's it's everything you want in a story, and it resonated with me too much, um, in a way, which is why it really impacted me so much. Um, but no, I fucking love that game, and I will I will shut up about it now. Now that twenty twenty is over, I will shut up about it until Strikers comes out, baby, February. <laughs> You'll get a solid two months of no Persona talk, and then we're back on it, boys, and then Striker comes out. <laughs> On my back comes out. The next, the next, the next weekend, we'll have the spoiler cast with you and me. Yeah, <laughs> potentially Jack. I don't know. Jack won't get strikers straight away. He he hasn't got calamity. He won't get strikers. But no, um, <laughs> you got a point. It just I I can't wait to. I genuinely am interested to see where Persona goes next. I genuinely am. It's one mm-hmm. of those franchises where. <clears throat> They've hint. I hate that they're hinting already because it's especially it's the twenty fifth next year. They've already started hinting that they might even they might it might just be an announcement, but we might see something. And I'm like, oh god, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not ready. But at the same time, I can't wait to see what they do next. I, I mean, sure. they hinted at five like way before it came out, didn't they? Yeah. Like I feel like I had well, known about what Joker was like forever. I mean, it did come out on PS3. Technically, I mean, like PS3 exclusive. I I don't think yeah. I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary for Persona Six to be out in 2022. <clears throat> I do not think that's out of the ordinary. I think I can see that. Happening. I see a two year gap because when you think about it, Golden wasn't the main project everyone was working on. They were already working on Five. That was just like a side project, and I think Royal was the same. I wouldn't be surprised if they're yeah. already hard at work on Six. And it shouldn't take yeah, as long as five. It would be like five years from. Yeah. 2016, mm-hmm. yeah. If you think about it, it came out in 2016 in Japan, so it would have been six years. Oh, right. So, yeah. I feel like it. It's... Well, I mean, that means with that pesky localization business, it'll take us. Yeah, but Shimagami. SMT5's getting a day and date localization. I'm hoping this is the start of the fucking day and dates for Atlas because they have no excuse <laughs> because they sell fucking. They sell a million copies over here as well. If Xenoblade gets day and day, fucking Persona should. Let's be real here. Come on, guys. Come on. I just want to say shout outs to SMT3 Remake not having a US release date yet, an overseas release date yet, and the game has already been released in English once. Yeah. That's hilarious. I don't get it. I also want to give a shout out to SMT3 as well because it has a 
it has a release window of the first half of 2021, whereas SMT5 has a release window of quarter one 2021. So technically we could live in a world where (laughs) SMT5 comes out before the remaster that's supposed to get people into SMT comes out. So thank you for that one, Atlas. Very cool. Um, (laughs) I've talked enough about P5R. We'll let it rest now. You can rest now until I play you again at some point in 2021. Kyle, what's your what's your final pick? All right. Everybody, step back into the time machine. We're going no, back to the magical no. time of, of 1998. Mm. I was barely, not even a year old at this point. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie's out on the N64. Ocarina of Time is out. A tragic Time. And Half-Life is out. Tragic Times. Metal Gear Solid. Bunch Probably. of garbage. Crash 3. Fucking and- hell. Crash 3. <laughs> And above all else, Xenogears for the PlayStation 1 has oh, been God, released. It again. It's, o- fucking done it. it's October. Oh. It's a glorious time. Everyone is rejoicing in the streets. All there is no war. Years. There is no, no famine. Everything is perfect in the world because we have a game where you can do kung fu with giant robots. Yay. Oh. Isn't that the premise of 13? Truly. I don't, I don't know. know. It might be. I'm I don't know sure anything about that game. One of the boss fights and no more heroes. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I'm pretty sure that's the premise of Crash 2 as well with Engine. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> anyway, Kyle, carry on. Sorry. We just like Kung Fu robots. Put it in anything. It works. Kick punch. It's all in the mind. So it... Except for Transformers. <laughs> the Michael Bay movies. Yeah. Anyway. So anyways. Um, Xenogears... The game that's that kickstarted the Xeno franchise, and fun fact, originally was pitched as the idea as the story for Final Fantasy VII, yeah. but Square turned that down because they thought it'd be too complex. Final Fantasy VII has like a couple of babies that came out of it, like uh, yeah, Xeno Gears and Parasite Eve was also mm-hmm. a lot of concepts from that started off in the development stages. It's one of the only times, yeah. It's one of the only times where something like that happens and it's not like a train wreck. The actual game's a train wreck. Like, most of the time it's like, oh, we reject <laughs> it and then we make a pile of shit. Whereas with Seven, Seven became this critical darling as well. And it was like, wow. Like, yeah. It was like everything good came from that. Where it was like, people liked Seven, then Xenogears came out and people really liked Xenogears as well. And it was like, all of the things that came off of that just kind of worked out and it's really weird that that happened. Yeah. Resi 4 spawned Devil May Cry, and those both did yeah. pretty well, too. Yeah, mm. exactly. But usually something terrible so happens. Like, yeah, Sorry, with yeah. Assassin's Creed. Um, Assassin's Creed was a spinoff of Prince of Persia, which killed Prince of Persia. So it's just one of those weird things where it was like, oh, we don't oh, need you anymore, and threw it in the fucking bin. I don't want to play with you Yeah, I don't want to play with you anymore. Anyway, I'm probably going back. Carry on, Cal. Sorry. <laughs> so... I was really drawn into the world of Xenogears almost immediately. The whole, like, it's so hard for me to put into words how I feel about this game because I've only played it once. I played it once this year, and it'll probably be one of those games I replay every year just because it's way too long to sit down with it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't even know where to start with it. The characters are all super... In- it's, like... Take everything I said earlier about Xenoblade, and it is applicable here. The Xeno franchise is one of the most consistent franchises I've ever played. No matter what genre or what 
console generation it's on it's just it always works so well with everything it tries to go through and that i'm it, the xenogears was one of those games i played before and kind of the lead up to definitive edition and i'm really glad i did because i was noticing so many parallels between the two games that it was almost oh, like you could fill out a fucking bingo board with how many similarities there are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I really don't know what else. I like. I'm just going to talk in circles about this game. The music is fantastic. The characters are all super engaging. You can find traces of the characters still being reused to this day. Um, there's one character, Bart, who was basically the like the groundwork for how Zeke is in Xenoblade oh, 2. Like <laughs> excluding the giant sword that Zeke has, it's basically a carbon copy of everything Zeke did. So much so that in the DLC they gave him they gave Zeke a costume that makes him look like Bart and that just oh, that's awesome. That was so cool to see. It's the most it's unfortunately the most representation Gears got in in Xenoblade 2. Thank you, Square Enix. Very cool. <laughs> someday. Someday you'll be free. And back back in Monolith Soft's possession. That's what you think. Give it back. <laughs> Square's like, Just I can this. dream, Ethan. We can make we can use this for gacha though. We don't need anything else, dude. We, mm. we can put it in Kingdom Hearts. I'd oh, be okay my. with that. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> anything. Give me anything. But the world ends with you in. I'm sure trust me, I'm sure Nia will also make an appearance in a fucking spin-off. I can guarantee it. Well like Yo Zoro will be the Neo people, dude. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Can't wait, but no. But But yeah, as a whole, like the Xenogears Yeah, it feels kind of dated at times, but if you can get past it, like the combat's super addictive. It's very simple. You have your light, medium, and heavy attacks, and then those can all lead into combos. And you characters have magic, stuff like that. It's just everything about the game works so perfectly that it's hard to just give an overview of it. It's just something you have to experience for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for any way to try and play it now, the best, really the only way without breaking the bank to play it is it's available on PS3 through the class, the PlayStation 1 Classic service. But that is the easiest way to get a hold of it nowadays because there's been no re-releases of it outside of the PS3. I like. How I know this is kind of those kind of weird releases, though. It's quite funny. It's like Persona yeah. Three. We were having this conversation where you were like, in America, you guys are like, oh yeah, you can get a copy of PS Two Persona Three FES quite easily <laughs> if you want to. And I was like, yeah. Did you know here in Pal, you have to pay one hundred and eighty pounds just to get a fucking copy of it? It's that rare. <laughs> I can buy it for eight pounds on PSN. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. But no, I didn't want a box anyway. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I'm just scared of taking the PS Store down, so I bought it. I was like, I'm just going to buy P- P- P3 now because I'm fucked otherwise. So, yeah, yeah. Although, hey, January's coming up. Maybe I'll play it. 
who knows we'll see do it dude it's good i, I probably will it'll probably be one of those games where i'm like oh but i wanted to play high age of calamity and i'll be like nah fuck it i'll just play this a 60 hour of rpg instead of <laughs> rpg <laughs> this like can take up a month for persona 5 strikers oh <laughs> exactly hey it didn't stop me from playing persona 4 did it like a month after i played persona 5 real so hey but yeah <laughs> exactly so, but no xenogears looks cool I wish I would play it. Like, I wish I had the <laughs> energy to play it. But you know what I'm like with fucking PS1 games? I still have the PS1 Classic, which, one, I bought in a bargain bin, because lol. Um, and two, <laughs> it, has, it has like 20-odd games on there, and I've played none of them. And yet it is sat up like underneath my bed for like fucking two years. And it's like, oh yeah, I want to play a load of those. But it, hey, it's just sitting there in purgatory. I should play it, though. I really should. But yeah, I... I can't recommend Xenogears enough. It's everything about it just works so well. Like I cried at the credits. I'm not someone who gets emotional playing games that often. Well, I'm not I even like a bitch. Dude. But, I like a bitch. Not even. <laughs> but between all the final cutscenes and then your typical JRPG vocal credit song, like it all just hit me. Oh, and this. then the end screen popped up and it was like end of story five because this was meant to be like a six or seven part thing mm. that unfortunately never it's still reverberating through the xeno s- series today <laughs> everything tetsuya takahashi wants to do mm. i almost said tetsuya nomura out of i was real afraid that you were about to out of habit be like what yeah imagine imagine if he, that was his plot all along kingdom hearts is xenogears I'm down, dude. If he wants to do that, here, fucking take the reins, Nomura. That's a, that's a, that's Squeenix a... still technically owns it. That's that's a bad idea. We just need to inception it into his dreams because obviously, <laughs> if if he dreams that Sora, Donald, and Goofy were attacked by a giant like sandwich, it's going to be a boss fight in the next Kingdom Hearts game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there you go. Xenogears is Kyle's final pick. Uh, now, kids. As it is Christmas, it is now time. We are we are in Christmas present. It is time to go to the Christmas past and the Christmas future. AKA, I have already recorded a segment with Kane, and I have to still record a segment with Jack. So we're gonna play it <laughs> now. Um, Christmas past. What's Kane's favorite games that he's played this year? Let's find out. Insert clip here. Hey guys, we're here with Kane. Hey Kane, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, don't ignore our clothing. We didn't just record the Spider-Man uh, spoiler cast, no sir. Um, Kane, we brought you on because we want everyone's opinions on uh, their favorite games they played this year. So you've got a couple that you wanted to talk about. So, hey, over to you. What's your first game that you wanted to talk about? All right, so I picked two. Uh, the first one I'm going with is Manifold Garden, which um, we have mentioned previously in the podcast. But, we did. Um, it was not, a, not probably the most... Um, well-known game, not on everyone's radar. It's a incredibly gorgeous puzzle game, where um, what was the objective? I guess the objective was to transport uh, particular color objects to uh, pads to activate different stuff in the environment to to occur. Uh, but the unique thing about it was that uh, it was kind of modeled after MC Escher. And mm-hmm. so, like, the world iterated on itself. And so, like, if you looked right, you saw the same platform you were standing on, and then you saw it again, and again, again yeah. and again. And you go left, up, down. It just repeats in all directions. Mm-hmm. Except there's slight 
deviations and whatnot. And that's how you wrap into a new section of field or something. You can kind of switch between different environments. Um, and it's very, I don't know, it was such an incredible visual experience. But like the puzzle aspect, I think most of the, the, the basic level puzzles were challenging puzzles. And so um, in my experience, hard puzzle games have a difficult time catching on, even though like yeah. this is something that anyone could watch and just like be be very impressed with just how the game looked. Uh, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I need to go back and play that game again because um, there are puzzles within the puzzles <laughs> where like the, the basic stage is a maze and you have to like solve it to beat it. But um, there's ways to break the game where you like are able to just barely sneak. Like there's one room in particular where um, there's a way to shift gravity wrong. That's the other thing, shifting gravity. And oh, nice. that allows you to interact with different things. Because that's how you can like go in all directions. And you, there's no like fall damage. You just continually pass through the map. Um, and so you can just like jump off a ledge and just fall for 10 minutes and just like watch the whole field just fall past you. And it's really uh, quite cool. pleasant. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like the, the, the bigger puzzle, I don't know if like Westworld, you're familiar with it, where there's like a maze within Westworld or whatever. Like there, there's a deeper yeah. thing going on. There's a like deeper the game, to it, yeah. There, there's a deeper level of puzzle where like, you can break rooms in order to get objects into new areas. And like, I was not able to get to the final solution. Okay. Of, like all right, the, the puzzle was too, it, I don't know. I, I'll have to play it again, but like they, they made a puzzle that was a bit, a bit more of an undertaking than I was able to take on at the time, which is impressive. Um, yeah. Really it's impressive. a, it's a game a that, puzzle games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a game that I remember seeing in a direct, I believe. Um, <coughs> sorry, what was it? It was it, it's one of those like indie partner showcases that they did this year or something like that. Yep. Where I was like, oh, that actually looks cool. So I do want to check it out at some point. It's one of those games. It's one of those indie games where I'm like, as soon as I see it at some point on sale on the Switch, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pick that up. It's on Steam. I played it on PS4. Oh, is it? There you go. Yeah. But so. yeah, it's one of those games where I'm like, one day I'll pick it up. Because it actually does look, and I I love the aesthetics of it. Like you said, the MC Asher kind of trippy kind of visuals were something that I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, and I'm glad to see that people actually did quite a few people actually pick it up. I was surprised people. That was like the standout of the show. So it looks pretty cool. Uh, of course, I think if anyone's been at the podcast before, they probably know what your second game is, Kate, that you want to talk about. So go ahead, talk about it. All right, second game of the year for me is gonna be Crash Bandicoot Four. Shock of the century. Watched, looked at my YouTube or my uh, stream in the past few months. You might have seen at least some of that content. All right, it's like the first new proper Crash game that isn't just a, a remake. They actually made new Crash content. Yeah. And um, it it's a great game. Like the it feels good. The levels are all cool. There's a lot of um, tie into the past stuff while still being original and new and doing fresh things with old characters and it's a lot of fun to play um and like overall i think the biggest thing is it's a platformer and it feels good to play yeah i think i think it's weird because i was excited for crash 4 but 
I don't think I was ready for what it actually was. Um, it's a it's a really interesting game. I didn't think I I didn't expect it to be as big as it was. I didn't expect <laughs> it to be as fucking long as it was. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. To be honest, um, it's one of those things where I keep constantly saying it. Where I'm like, I don't think it's my it, it's not my favorite Crash game that I've played ever. I still think I like Crash Two more. Um, but from a gameplay point of view and from the amount of stuff that there's to do, I think it is one of, if not the best crash game that I've played in terms of quality. Like people, a lot, we make an argument a lot of the time of quality over quantity, but the fact is that it's so he- like so much of it is quality that you can't, it, it's not the fact that it's, there's a lot to fucking do, but it's all good. There's no, like, to me, there, the, the, there's only four cortex yeah. levels. The other character, yeah, there's only four <laughs> cortex levels. There's fucking dozens of regular levels, but there's only four fucking cortex levels that suck. Um, but God, it's it's such an interesting game. It's so long, but I I do yeah. I like it quite a bit. I think the one thing for me is that like once you beat the game and you unlock the triple spin, like that just changes the way the the game plays so substantial that like compared to like the first three crash games. I don't know, I was never big on 3, where you get the running shoes, and that's just kind of weird. Um, <clears throat> but for this, you get the triple spin, so, like, the physics changes. And so, like, playing with that versus, like, speedruns, like, I don't know, I'm not, like, interested in speedrunning the game, because you just restrict yeah. yourself on all the movement tech to just do, like, boring slide spinning, which is, like, you know, it's, it's cool, but, like, an hour and a half? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit of a long one. Fun. It's a bit of a long one, yeah. doesn't help that it's so long. That it's like, oh yeah, and any percent runs an hour and twenty minutes, not including the loads. You know, yep. that's any percent of a fucking crash game. Usually, it's forty minutes, and that's because Crash Two fucking forces you to sit through bosses that take up like ten minutes on their own. Whereas this game's like, no, it's an hour and twenty, and the bosses are like ten, fifteen minutes max. Like a majority of it is you actually having to fucking platform. So, yeah, it's and you also have the tapes. And tapes are great. Fucking tapes. Dude. Ugh, some of them I hated so hey. much. Some of them. You were just bad. Nah, <laughs> the game's bad. Hunter didn't even play. Hunter, did you even play? I, I was watching you casually play. Nah, man, I played. I played the uh, first playthrough, and then I was like, ah, not hundred percenting this. I've made Fair a piece of that. Like, I can respect that. It, it, it's a I big played a couple of the tapes just because I was like, I'll see what they do. I played. I think I played all of the extra characters, except I think I skipped on the final Cortex level because Good I was idea. like, I just want to be done. Yeah, I'm ready to move on at this point. I the Cortex, what a character! What a character, but now mm. who knows? Well, Kane, thank you um, for talking about your two games that you played this year. Um, all two of them. All two of them, dude. <laughs> Gosh, you really got your money's worth. Um, no, yeah, I played other games. I know you played other games, but you you're just like um, you're like Kyle and you're like Jack, where you'll only play like a couple of games from this year. You're not like me and Hunter that are just both degenerates and just buy far too many games. So thank you. I resent that. How? No, you, Hunter, you know what you did. You're a pro- <laughs> you, you have a problem just like me. But no, and thank you for recommending Manifold Garden again. Go check it out, guys. Because I'm sure Jack's already mentioned Crash 4, but Manifold Garden is actually a really great game that people should pick up. And I intend on doing it soon. When I'm finally out of a backlog. It's on my list. But thanks, Kane. Back to whatever's next. Win the editing booth. Let's see what happens.
And there we go. That's Kane's thoughts. Wow. Thank you. Kane. Wow. Very oh, super right. cool. I can't believe I changed shirts so fast. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speed run. Wow. Nice. Um, that was cool. But then also, we also might have a few other people from Christmas Future. Um, because I know Kane for a fact is in because we've got his footage because we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> whereas these next ones we don't have so i'm gonna look like a real idiot now when i pan it to something that doesn't happen but hey if we have any other people that uh i get a recording of we'll also insert those in here so here you go here's some other people's thoughts hey everyone idiot here yes that's right i was not able to get a hold of jack or sam uh, because they've both been busy with christmas stuff it's actually after christmas now uh, as i'm recording this segment so i hope you all have had an amazing christmas uh i know i have had a pretty good one. Had a couple of cool little bits and bobs, you know. Uh, got Harrow Warriors based on Hunter's recommendation. Got Watch Dogs Legion. We'll probably have a review up of that in January. Uh, I also got a drawing tablet. That's pretty cool. Got a drawing tablet. So, uh, you know, pretty good. Hope you guys have had a good one. Hope you've all been having a safe and wonderful Christmas. Um, so no guests because I'm an idiot, but I've got a little boobah here, my little kitty. Um, <laughs> first appearance on the show. So there you go. Um, but I thought I'd just give a quick shout out to some of Jack and Sam's favorite games because I was an idiot and wasn't able to get a hold of them. Uh, Jack wanted two to mention in particular. He really wanted to mention Crash 4 because he really enjoyed Crash 4. He'll probably be up at some point. I don't know what my cat's doing. Please ignore her. Um, <laughs> uh, he really wants to mention Crash 4 and he says that everyone should go and check it out, which you should. Um, if you want to, we have a review up it on the channel that I did. Uh, I worked really hard on that review. So if you could go and check that out, that'd be really appreciated if you want to hear some of our opinions on Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. And then he also played Royal, which uh, he also really recommends. Uh, we've talked to Steph about that, and we'll probably have Jack on to talk about his experiences with Royal at some point in the future. Um, so those are the two from Jack. As for Sam, uh, he has also played and really liked Persona 5 Royal, so you should definitely check that one out. And he was also a massive fan of Genshin Impact, the free-to-play uh, JRPG Zelda clone that came out. I was also quite a fan of it as well. Um, and you should totally check Genshin Impact out as well, if you have a chance because it's really cool it's really fun um and again you get a lot for your free to play you there's a gacha mechanic in it and you can completely avoid it if you want to um so yeah uh, i'd highly recommend genshin and uh crash 4 uh, and persona 5 royal so there you go i have said what i needed to say in terms of um those guys getting what they uh, wanted out there i'll probably bring them on the podcast in january um, I mentioned it a bit later from the podcast, but I just want to say thank you so much for watching and listening this year. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and I hope you carry on watching us uh, with all the stuff that we do, not only the podcast, but with reviews and all the other stuff that we have planned for the Gigas channel uh, too. Uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say, really. This is a little outbreak, a uh, little uh, adjacent thing that I need to add to the podcast uh, a day before it goes out live. So I hope you all have had a wonderful Christmas. We'll see you in the new year. And yeah, back to Hunter, Ethan and Cal mocking uh, uh what would happen if we didn't get any extra guests it's funny but we'll deal with it uh, so yeah back to you guys uh in the studio <laughs> and there we go i've changed again wow magic wonderful wow wow three changes in those i love editing powers editing powers i'm sure i'm gonna love editing this one together it's gonna be real fun <laughs> uh but with that now you've heard everyone's opinions we're done we're free for the year hgo is done Hooray. well done guys that's it We'll see you all next year. No. Um, but no, thank you for listening. What have your favorite games been? Let us know in the comments down below. And if you listen to this whole thing, which will probably end up being over two hours, thank you, because... Still not our longest episode. Oh, baby. Yeah, because it's probably going to end up... Be- it's going to be end up being close to two hours. So thank you for listening. Uh, we really <laughs> do appreciate it. Uh, and that goes to, if you've only listened to this episode, if you've listened to any episode this entire year, 
thank you for listening. It's been a great year. Um, we've enjoyed mm-hmm. doing it, and we'll be back soon. I don't know if we'll be back the next week because that's New Year's and stuff like that. We might have a week off. We haven't decided yet. Um, but we'll be back soon enough to talk about more games. But until then, uh, Hunter, where can people find you in the meantime? You've got some stuff coming up. YouTube.com slash ReaperHunter23. If you want more in-depth opinions about my top 10 games of the year, that video is going up. It will be up by the time this is. It will be like a week old, actually. Really? So go check that out. Yeah, it's uploading tomorrow. Ah, nice. So in, in our time. So yeah, go check those out. And then Kyle, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KDavisSRL or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash KDavisSRL. And you can find me at KOTAKIFA on both Twitter and Twitch. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode and talk about all these games that we've played this year. Um, remember to leave a good rating on podcast services, leave a like on the video if you've enjoyed and share with people uh, that you also think would like this content. Uh, and be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, bit.ly slash the gears. We'd really appreciate it as we try and grow that audience so that we can uh, get Atlas to give us review codes because that's the end goal of the, uh, <laughs> apparently. And then we can send them their trophy. And then we can send them their trophy. Uh, their con- a quid pro quo Atlas. Quid pro quo Atlas, please. <laughs> you think we're going to give you a bad review, Atlas? Really? Like, you you, you got to really fuck a game up to, for us to give us a bad review. So come on. Yeah. Ethan is the biggest Persona simp on the planet now. Hey, it's true. It's true. Oh well. Give me a review code. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I also like that I gesture to you, even though I'm pretty sure I'm on the bottom row when you upload the video. Yeah, you're, you're, so. So you're here, and then Hunter's there. <laughs> and to us, you're gesturing to me. Yeah, you're <laughs> there. Yeah, you're there and, dude, I hate how uh, webcams work. Just the way I don't know, dude. And I'm I'll figure it out in the new year. Over there. It's future Kyle's problem. Who cares? And I'm down here. But no, that's been our show. Thank you ever so much for listening this year. We'll be back next year for more HDO. <laughs> um, we promise that it'll only be like a week or two. We won't fucking vanish um, like we usually do. But until then, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you all for a brand new year, which is hopefully a better start. Uh, we hope you have a better start to 2021 than this fucking shit fest of a year. Uh, until then, stay safe, stay well. We'll see you after this period, uh, the Christmas period is over. Until then, bye. Take care. Toodaloo.